boom, 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 dun, 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 dun. just want to get up and just start like doing this like little, I don't know, little Chris dance or something like that. Look up. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hello. Welcome to Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the unfiltered experience with myself, Mr. Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, along with this guy over here. Okay, we're right here, Scott Goyette. Scott Gway, let's try to do that walk like you need I was trying to figure out like you know what's the opposite. I was trying to figure out which way do I point. Like it's gotta be this way regardless, but I was like, it's right here. You'd be like this. Uh I don't know which way to point. I gotta point this way. Or because the camera gets you backwards and the whole thing, and I'm like, it's right here. Okay. It's right there. Scott I got it right. I got it right. It worked out. Dr. Scott Goya. You look like a doctor tonight. I have to tell you that. You look like Dr. Scott Gwayo. Now, what kind of doctor would you be, Scott? And don't be dirty. Don't sit there and tell me a gynecologist. What kind of doctor would you be? Um, hmm. Hmm. I mean, the easy one is, you know, just being a pediatrician because I love kids. But, I mean, they work so many hours. And what a sad job when the kids are sick. So, the reason I'm not a doctor is because of the, the other side of it. Like, if I could just make kids feel good all day, then I'd absolutely do that. So, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with sick people. Yeah. Like I don't want to be a brain surgeon. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. Cause I'd be like, okay, this guy was a douche in the waiting room. So I'm just going <laughs> to, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to make his right hand twitch the middle finger every once in a while. I don't know. Just like re reprogram him. Yeah. yeah or maybe you could while. just re, maybe you could reprogram and make him nice. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? Ooh. Right. Everybody has to under, undergo a frontal lobotomy, a frontal nice lobotomy. Nice lobotomy. No, no, no. That's a, actually no, a frontal asshole lobotomy. A, re a remove asshole lobotomy. Or a remove like asshole lobotomy. It's a thing. I think it's that's a, a thing. thing. Go check in Webster's, guys. Come on, Scott and I wouldn't shit you. You're our favorite turds. What's well, up, Robert right? Broker? Robert says, "Good evening, Christopher and Scott." Robert says, ew. I don't know what he was saying, ew, too, because I didn't talk about my cat box. I didn't talk about my cat box. <clears throat> he was, says, I want to see white, fluffy clouds. Well, here, do this. Go take um, whipped cream and, and spray yeah. it on your eyeballs and sit there, and then you'll see white, puffy clouds. Oh, I thought you were going to tell him to squirt all the whipped cream out and then go, <laughs> and then just look up and be like, yes. But we were just thinking different. Both work. Pick your <laughs> Both, work. Both work. Both work. Here's a trivia question. Who in my house likes to do whippets? I'm going to say Barb because, I mean, clearly I think it's you, but it's got to be Barb or you wouldn't have asked it. <laughs> she, I swear to God. I mean, she won't watch this episode, so it'll be funny. After I'm dead, she'll be like, I can't believe you said that about me. Yeah, she'll get extra whips, cans of whipped cream. and she'll. I'm like, what are you, 13? And she does it. I'm like, I don't even understand what you get out of it. But, uh, yeah, we all have our weird shit, you know? It's a two-second moment to escape all the noise in your head. So, I mean, I listen, anything that gets you out of your mind for a moment and you just feel a moment of peace, I understand why people do it. But, you know, like we always talk about, there's more sustainable ways to do it. But the quick ways are fun sometimes. I can see why a whippet has some value. You know what they should do? When you get on airplanes, everyone should do a little whippet right before takeoff. And you're all like, ah. And there's like no one's stressed. Everyone's like, yeah. No, no, better, better, better. When you walk in the airport, everybody should get a, a, a tablet of ecstasy. Okay, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about that, but okay, I'll just say it. We used to do that. <laughs> we used you to always on get on plane, planes. You gave everybody on the plane a, a tablet of ecstasy. How about this? How about this? I I know somebody who used to do that. Who used to always do ecstasy where they went on planes because it's really fun. I know somebody who did that. Somebody else. So when I heard it's really fun, it makes the plane ride a lot better. I've heard that. 
Yeah, I could imagine you'd like join the Mile High Club in that that shit because that's a feel good drug. That's the feel good drug. What do we have in the house? We have Amber Allen. What's up, Amber? Good to see you. What's up, everyone? Teresa, what's up? Moment of peace. What is that? She says, a piece <laughs> of do a whip and find out, right? Yeah, do a whip it and find out. What's up, Jacqueline Rose? Good to see you. She says, put a lime in that coconut, drink it all down. Hello, Christopher and Scott. Good evening, Jacqueline. So, so uh, awesome for you to be here tonight and sharing your time with us, as well as Teresa and all you beautiful people. Hello, Susan Hamill. So great. So great to see you. Thank you for being here with us so on this on. beautiful Friday night. And uh, yeah, tonight's just a fun show. We both, uh, well, one of us has had way worse week than, than the other. And uh, so we just decided to do a show here. No guests, just me and Scott, just kind of jiving and talking and talking about, you know, stuff that's important, but also stuff that'll make you laugh. And that's uh, stupid choices that we made that have resulted in smart lessons. And we've all done those things. So just a kind of an opportunity for you to see behind the, the sheet a little bit about me and Scott, that we're not all perfect like you guys think we are, you know, <laughs> that, we, that, we, that we have made stupid mistakes and that's how we learn from them. So we don't really consider them mistakes. We call them joyful stories that we get to tell and embarrass ourselves. So uh, we appreciate you guys being here as always. So of course, always engage with us in the comments, whether it's live or on replay and uh, let us know what it is perhaps that your, uh, your, your, your bad choice story turned out into a great uh, life lessons. Um, so what is, what is, uh, what is, what is Robert saying? MDNA, uh, the CD right here is on the table. Mm -hmm. MDMA is uh, the actual term for ecstasy is what he's saying. No, I knew that, but the CD oh, is right on the table. I'm like, what does that mean? Not uh, sure. Oh, he's 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 talking about something from Madonna. God. Oh, that song. I know now. Which one? The one um the one about the faces. Hold on, it's it's the dun 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 album. It's the X album, is what it is. I can't remember. Music is come together. You know that one. Dun 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 By all means. Oh, I don't know. I, I I can just hear it in my head in the club. No, come. I can't do it. <laughs> hey, wait, well, hold on. No, don't no, bring that back real quick. When it's bigger, I can actually fix my hair now. Okay, we're good. You good? Keep going. Yeah, we're makeup. Good. We can't even afford. We can't afford makeup. Our green room is like you know just spray painted green. It's crazy. But uh, look at Jean Guy's in the house. He says, "Hey, brothers, looking well, looking well. Thank you very much. Uh, I have makeup. Yes, I have makeup." No, I don't do makeup. I don't do makeup. Not anymore. No makeup. Not anymore. Not any. Not anymore. Or not any less. I mean, I have learned in my life. I'm, tell me about this, Scott. If you put too much makeup on, then people kind of think that you're trying too hard. What do you think? I mean, I'm actually an Asian woman, but I wear enough makeup <laughs> that you think I'm a white male. So I'm not trying that hard. You guys, I got you fooled. Wait till <laughs> you meet me. You're gonna be like, I really thought that you're a six foot four white male, but I'm not. It's the makeup. <laughs> Oh my God, that just, that leads me into a story. It wasn't, it wasn't a stupid choice. It wasn't a stupid choice, but this, this here, here it is. Here's a true story. We'll just make us true stories because you just, you just spawned this. I, this, I had a 1970, let's see this would have been my 1970. I had two Mavericks. I had two Ford Mavericks. So this was my 1970 Ford Maverick. And it had these wind wings that in the back that popped out kind of like the Pintos or whatever back in that day. So it was a 70 and it had the, they popped out. Well, that time I was working out like a fiend. I mean, my forearms were like huge and I was, I locked my keys in the car. And so I'm in here and I can't remember what parking lot it was. Um, some pet boys or whatever the fuck it was locked my keys in the car. They're sitting right there in the little turn ignition and I'm trying to stuff my forearms through this thing. And I, and I'm barely almost to the thing. And I'm like, I'm like literally like just scraping my, my, uh, my arm and this voice from behind me goes, would you like some help with that? And I'm like, literally my arm stuck and I look back, I'm on my hands and knees and I look back and it's a cross dresser. And this is from like 19, 
1988, something like that. And I just heard, do you want some help with that? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And I just thought in my head, I'm like, well, I hope his arms are fucking skinnier than mine. <laughs> so I pull out of the way and sure enough, he reaches in and pops the thing like no problem. Looks at me like, is there anything else I can do for you? I said, no, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you. You can run along now. Thank you. No, because um, I was scared shitless. I was like, what the hell just happened? I was like 18 years old or something like that. Not even nine. No, I wasn't even 18 years old. I was probably like 17 and uh, scared the shit out of me. But I got my car open. It's 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 funny how like, you know, when things are presented to us that are, you know, very commonplace now, you know, the first time you see something that seems odd, how how horrifying it is. You know, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story too that actually we can go right into some of these. This isn't so much of a choice, but this is a choice somebody else made, but it segues perfect. So we had a friend of ours. Um, I had a company years ago, probably 15, 20 years ago, and we were hiring a salesperson who would work for one of the co-founders of our company. And he was in Utah. So he came down and he was living with me for two or three weeks while he was working with us before we found him an apartment. I had one simple rule, just, just come home or call, you know, just like, cause I mean, I'm now you're living with me. So, you know, I want to make sure you're okay. So he doesn't come home for three days and I'm completely freaking out, like completely freaking out, just losing my mind. And I'm like, this is just like the worst thing ever, you know? So I'm like, do I call the cops? What am I supposed to do? He comes back in and he's, he's just like, Hey, um, I know you're not going to want me to stay here anymore, but um, I hooked up with someone and you're going to think I'm an idiot. And then he finally explains that he came out that moment that he was, he became gay or whatever. In that moment, he hooked up with somebody and he was embarrassed to tell me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that is the least, just call me. Like I, but it was the first time I'd ever experienced that. So it was one of these, like, you know, I mean, I didn't have any like really good gay friends, but it didn't bother me. And then the, the funniest part was I go, wait a second because i was always telling kim walk don't walk around with a towel on danny's here and i'm walking around naked and i'm like wait a second wait a second and he starts laughing so we're still good friends but the point being is you know you when you those things first happen everyone has these expectations and his choice could have actually cost a friendship and a job when realistically i'm not the person who's going to judge you but in that moment you know everyone's freaking out like you see somebody that looks different and and that's the beautiful thing of, you know, as we grow and we overcome and we start to learn and realize everybody's different and it's beautiful. It's just the first time it's, it's that shock of, am I okay? Am I safe? Is this okay? Is this normal? Are we all right? And, you know, I looked at it like, why wouldn't he say that? But imagine this kid, football player in college, total tough guy, living with somebody else in a foreign state, about to start a job. And he's going to come and go, by the way, I just hooked up with a man. That's a lot. That's a lot to say. Yeah. And in my brain, I was like, well, you like, um, he's got, I mean, well, how tall he's is the he? same size. We're, we're, oh, both, we're both big people. We're both oh, big. Okay. So we're looking eye to eye and he's going, I hooked up with a man. I'm like, I got to tell this guy I'm gay. <laughs> no, we're literally, we, in fact, we're probably the exact same size. He's probably like six, four to the two like the same build, same size. So, but it was just really funny, you know, like, but I look back, that must've been a horrifying moment for him. So, but I can see the oh, same thing. So, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Uh, we got some comments here. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, we got Trisha is in the house. She, she says natural is beautiful. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I stopped dating a girl who couldn't go outside without makeup on. I was like, yeah, no. Um, was, uh, Jacqueline says, give me the Oz man every day. Black Sabbath. Of course. Of course. Oh, she's talking about the, the quarrel between Madonna. Yeah. I go with black Sabbath definitely over Madonna. Um, Amber says, my failure to be able to deal with my own stuff, self-medication, suicide attempt became my biggest mistake that 
that my career is built on today. Exactly. I mean, that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Amber. I know you're, uh, you've been sharing stuff with us and uh, we totally, totally appreciate you being here. Um, and then uh, Robert says, uh, it sure brings back memories that made the Cadillac party on wheels. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. John Gee, John Gee says, anything else I can help with? Where did you get that outfit? Uh, see, that's the problem. If I don't, if I don't like address the comments right when they're happening, then I'm like, yeah. what was it about an outfit? Um, absolutely. Uh, oh, Nina, Nina's up here. What's up? What's up? She says, Hey brother, love from London drops some gems. Christopher Roush, of course, of course. And this is my beautiful partner, Scott Goyette. So he's going to be on clubhouse one of these days before, Someday. It, before <laughs> it goes, before it goes away. But thank you so much for being here from London. We love you. We love you. Um, let's see. Oh, I got to see this A 19. Okay. So our 1970 Chrysler 300 convertible had the same issue. The wooden spoon was something my mother had helped many with the wooden spoon. That sounds like a beating device, but, um, so in thinking about bad choices that led to good decisions, it was funny because I was getting a massage today and I was like, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I don't really have a whole lot of stories to think about. And then of course they started popping up between, you know, then and now. And one of the stories that I think I learned a very big lesson in involved a very small spring. And I'm going to say that spring was probably about that big. So here's a story. Um, I was trying to do stuff to earn extra money. And let's see, where was I? Where was I? I think I was, I think it was after I was in the motel and I, I got off on my own. I think it was, um, after my marriage to Tammy. So somewhere in my early twenties and I was trying to do stuff to earn extra money. So I worked on cars. So for people I do oil changes or just do miscellaneous stuff and try to help them out. And this really cute girl hit me up from school and she's like, she goes, Hey Chris, I heard you, you, you work on cars. You know, I, I need my uh, transmission serviced. And I said, Oh, what kind of service do you need? And she's like, well, I just need the, the transmission oil changed. And I'd already done it a few times on my car. And I'm like, well, it's not that hard. You know, it's just a bunch of pan bolts. You drop it down. There's like a bunch of other bolts for the filter. So this is before the, this is before the internet. So this is how old I am. So I go to the library, I check out the book on her. I can't remember what Mustang it was. Um, 90, I think it was like a 92 or 93 Mustang. And I was like, yeah, pretty much the same stuff. So I drive to her house and I've got the transmission fluid. I've got the gaskets. I got everything. And I'm like stoked. I got my Jack. I'm all prepared. I go in there. She's like, okay, there's my car, you know, go ahead and have at it. So I jacked the car up and I'm thinking, maybe I'm going to get a date out of this. This is going to be kind of cool. And so I go to pull the pan. I get the pan pulled. I get everything done. I'm like, okay, cool. And I go to pull the, uh, the filter out and I pull the filter out and discard that one. I go, I go to get out to get the other filter and I see this little spring on the gr on the floor and I look <laughs> around and I, and I've got, I've got all these bolts and I'm like, I don't remember seeing a spring. Maybe the spring belonged to something else. Here's where I made this, the, the shitty choice. I'm like, I need a fucking spring. That, there's no way that spring came out of that transmission. There's no way that little teeny spring came out of this transmission that shifts this fucking 3000 pound car. Bing. Spring, do, 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 do. put it all back together, put the oil back in, check it, start it. No leaks. I'm, yeah, I can't remember what I made. I can't remember what I made. 60 bucks or something like that. I'm driving home. This is before cell phones. I get back to my apartment in Huntington Beach and there's a message there. She goes, Hey, Chris, um, thanks again for working on my car, but um, it's shifting weird. Shifting weird. Would it shift through? Why would it shift through? Why would it shift through? I still had the book. So I start looking, troubleshooting. Why is it shifting weird? There is some sort of pressure spring that goes in the valve body in between where the seat of the filter is and the, and the body in this little itty bitty hole. Well, if you've ever seen the underside of a transmission, there are thousands of holes inside of a transmission for the fluid to go in and to keep it cool and everything. It dawned on me, spring, pulled it out, spring came out. Holy fuck. 
she cannot drive this car with this way. So I go to the auto parts store, get the spring, get a whole, get a whole other thing of oil, get all that other stuff, go back, drop everything. And I'm sitting there with the book and I'm sitting there and I'm like, my gut says that one. So rather than go in my head, I was, I went with my gut. I was looking at the book and I just, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm, if I can't do it, I'm gonna have to, I'm just gonna have to pay for her to get her car fixed. So I put the spring in the hole that I think it is. And I put it all back together, put it all, you know, make sure it runs and everything's good. And she goes and drives it. She comes back and I'm just like, oh my God, please tell me it works. And she comes back. She goes, oh, it's great. It's great. She goes, what was it? And I just told her the truth. I said, um, I said, honestly, I a spring fell out and I didn't think it was anything that had to do with your car. So I thought it was just on your garage floor. So I threw it away, but I found out it was actually a pressure spring that, um, allows the transmission fluid to build up pressure so that the car shifts, right? And she's like, oh, wow, thank you. And that was it. it was, <laughs> I went home. I lost money on it. My hands and everything were dinged up. It was my, my car was a mess. Everything was just like crazy. But I walked away from that learning a very valuable lesson. And don't take shortcuts. Make sure it is that you know what you're doing. Don't over your head um, before you kind of have it figured out. And always be honest. And from that point forward, I didn't work on people's cars again. That's for sure. So that was that was something that that really got me to like, okay, stay in your lane of excellence. You know, stay kind of you know, stick with what you know. And so I didn't do that anymore. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot because we've all done that too. I mean, that's like the, uh, what do they, the carpenters say, uh, measure twice, cut once, right? It's the same exact thing. It's one of those deals where that's got to be a thing, you know, check. Like there should be some kind of a pan in case something like that does fall out because that's so possible. My mom's proud of you. Good job, Chris. <laughs> yes. What's up, Teresa Turner? Good to see you. She says, good evening, guys. Um, and Robert says, hey, yeah, I know that one. Uh, we do. Sherry McQueen, what's up in the house? What's up, Sherry McQueen? So good to see you. Good evening, Jen. She says, new to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here. The Unfiltered Experience. You are now officially, boom, part of the Unfiltered Crew. That's automatic. 100%. You showing up here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Robert says here in one of his essays, he says, that time I had to pull the engine out of my car to change the frost plug. What's a frost plug? Is that the is that the water plug? Um, I knew that the transmission pump is driven off the crank, and that the little thingy that has to sit on the notch on the crank, otherwise it won't fit together. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to know where your notch and your thingy fit together. So tell us, know your notch thingy. <laughs> tell us, Mr. Scott. Tell us about a situation where you may have made an improper choice that resulted in a good lesson. So, I mean, I've made probably thousands of them, thousands of bad choices. I'm I'm a hardcore experiential learner. Um, all people are experiential learners to some level. But many of us are, I don't know if it's wise enough or lucky enough to be able to learn from seeing other people make mistakes or from books or from being told. I'm one of those people I can be told a million times, it doesn't matter what you say, just watch me go get hurt and say, I probably won't do that again. Then watch me do it again, then watch me do it again, then watch me do it again, and eventually I'll stop when I'm bloodied up. So we're gonna start with one of those. So I have this thing in me that's called being a boy. And so I'm just, silly you know we, we grew up just stupid you know boys somehow want to go out and get hurt and just do something ridiculous and there's this point where i think so many boys like remember when you were a kid and you'd see ants on the ground and you'd step on them and you're not realizing they're like animals you're not realizing they're things that are alive and you just did dumb stuff well, i did one of these yeah and, and then one day something hits and then suddenly you love all animals and you just realize hey this these are life forms and i'm just being a horrible being but something has to kick so here's how I learned that lesson. So I'm up, my grandparents have a cabin, um, you know, the little place on the lake in Maine. And so there was this bee beehive that was sitting there. And my, my grandfather was talking about getting it removed. So he's like, we'll do that later. 
So instead of waiting for my grandfather to do it like a humane way or whatever you do it, I decide to go take the batch of M80s from his basement that he doesn't know I know are there. So I, I somehow get them lodged in there and I light it and I get pretty significantly far away. And so the whole thing explodes and I'm like, and all of a sudden I'm like, why am I on fire? The beehive catches on fire. And so oh. my arm and my thumb Napalm. were literally, it was stuck to me. So I'm burning and my lesson was, was pretty much go kill the animals. The universe is going to do something back to you. So they're coming out after me, the ones that are still somehow are alive because it's, you know, fewer around the nest. I'm on fire. And <laughs> this was just the worst thing you could do. So I'm sitting there thinking, you know, of course, you don't learn these lessons right away. You never learn these lessons right away. I'm sitting there in my mind thinking, you know, bees are bad. You know, these, these fireworks suck. It's like it's nothing to do with me. And then eventually I'm like, you know, this should have happened to me because I'm being an idiot. And I'm such a Buddhist. Like, I mean, you know, a scorpion stings me. I'm going to go pick it up, which happened last week. I would literally pick that up and walk outside with it. I'm not going to hurt anything. And then, you know, so I guess you have to blow up the beehive. You can still see the, the the part on my thumb where where the um, the mark was because it like melts in your hand. It like brands you. So good lessons. Ooh, <laughs> you're scorpion now. You gonna no, be able to do one of those fancy headstands where like your legs go over and yeah, the scorpion push up. You go, you do a push up. And you wrap your leg around. You touch your leg in the ground. The scorpion push up. Do you do one of those? Um, I used to teach that in boot camps. Uh, we'll try it. We'll try it this weekend. I haven't I haven't done one in a long time. I'm sure I could do it. Yeah, I can't. I might never get back up, but I'm sure I could do one. I tried doing a one hand, one arm push up one time, and man, I heard my elbow make a noise that I never want to hear repeated again. <laughs> I'm like, do I really need to do a one arm push up to do something? I'm like, I'll still punch you with one arm, but I'm not going to do a one arm push up anymore. Uh, like look who's in the house. Dan Fail is in the house. He says, hey, Lessons Dan, learned. You, Good to see you, man. Good to see you. He says, Lesson learned. I mean, uh, I'm divorced, but now uh, we're badass co parents. Uh, does that count? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that would, I wouldn't even th say that's a bad choice. I mean, that's just a choice in life that, you know, um, that, that turned out what's that turned out, uh, to be, you know, the situation you have beautiful kids. I mean, that's, that's the way I would look at that. Do you know what I know about Dan? What do you know about Dan? Hey, Chad, he never, what's up? He never fails. He wins or he learns. Right, Dan fail. Yeah. Fail. Dan <laughs> fail. Could you imagine the, I mean, the poor guy being in school, we got to get him on the show. That best, uh, the best name ever, because it forces you to win. Like, I mean, I know we, we mentioned it. It's, it's the best name ever. I, I want to have a, a name. He's like a that. professional speaker. Didn't he say because that? Because of it. Because yeah, he's of like, it. he's yeah. like, he's like, Hey, I am Dan fail. So I have to come out here and prove to you why I don't No, not even that. Um, he says only divorced once and eh, that doesn't count. How many times have you been divorced, Robert? Let's talk about that. He's got an Dan says a hundred percent. Dan says a hundred percent. What's up, Pamela Aubrey? Good to see you, Pamela Aubrey. Please tell us what your uh, what your what your stupid choice resulted in a really good decision. I already know what you're going to say. I actually already know that one. Um, yeah, I pretty much know that one. Uh, what does she say? What does uh, Dan says? When you grow up with that name, everything is uphill. Yeah, but you're a great guy. So, that, I mean, that's the most important part of it. You're definitely a kick-ass dude. So uh, we appreciate all you guys being here. And again, if you guys got a situation where you made a stupid decision and it resulted in something that you learned from, then by all means, please, please share it. You know, another one that I thought about, Scott, um, and I and I thought about um, a few of them. One of the other ones that, uh, that really uh, is kind of funny, you know, speaking about funny ones. So back in the day when I was divorced, after I got divorced and I was single, 
it was really one of the first points in my life where I'd ever really been single, single and an adult and actually have money in my pocket. So it was kind of crazy because I went from being homeless. Then I met Tammy and then Tammy and I were an item and then we got married and then we were married for five years and then we got divorced and she's still a beautiful person, still a great friend of mine. Um, but after that, you know, being 24 years old, having a little money in your pocket, being single, um, I started getting a little cocky with my scheduling routine with the girls I was dating. And at one point I did not remember setting a date or putting it in my calendar that I told some girl to come by at six o'clock on a Wednesday night. Well, guess what? I made a stupid choice and told somebody to come over uh, at five o'clock on that same night. So we're having a good time and we're getting ready to go out for dinner and there's a knock at the door. Yeah, that choice that night uh, did not turn out as expected. And uh, let's just say they got along really well and yeah. I did not get along at all because I was the asshole. So I learned a very important situation that, that night by making the wrong choice was to make sure you write down all your dates in your calendar so you don't screw that up because I felt, I mean, I didn't feel bad for me. I felt bad because I didn't want either one of them to feel bad and I was trying to be protective and I was trying to be like the good guy, but apparently I got stupid and selfish and said, oh yeah, why don't you both come over? Maybe we'll just make it a threesome. I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, I felt bad for both of them. I actually later on wound up dating both of them again. It was a cool story and they're both beautiful people. But uh, yeah, that was, that was my situation right there where I was like, man, you made the wrong choice and it turned out to be a valuable lesson because I never, I, did, I actually didn't date multiple people after that, quite honestly, because I was just like, I don't want to do that to somebody. That's good. That's good. There's, um, you, you'll appreciate this and, and follow up to that. Um, so when my wife and I first met, we had a, uh, so this, this was the first time we met each other. Um, I walked into her office and I'm just going to get to where this goes. Cause it's very similar to that. I walk into her office and, um, I was actually looking to meet where there was this guy, uh, his name was Dr. Knight and he owned an, an insurance company. And so I was supposed to meet with him to talk about working with him in some partnership at the time I was working at the gym. And I walk in, I just broke up with this girl not too long ago. And I was in that trying to date everybody in the world phase and her head pops up and I see she's in a cubicle and I'm walking down the hall and she goes, Hey, I'm going to go to lunch now. And I looked at her and I'm like, Hmm. And so I walk downstairs and I pretend I just said, screw the meeting. I'll get, you know, Dr. Knight later. So I wait downstairs and I hear when she's coming down, I'm like, Hey, I just saw you upstairs. You want to go to lunch? So we end up going to lunch, blah, blah, blah. We have a nice time. She calls her mom that day and she goes, she goes, uh, I met this guy. He's so much fun, but he is definitely not the marrying type. And I tell my friend, I go, I met this girl. I don't know if I want to see her again because she's too much of the marrying type. She was just too sweet. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's too much. So we're thinking in her head that, you know, almost I think we were trying to like almost sabotage it. She's thinking, oh, he's crazy. I'm not going to give him an inch because he'll hurt me. And I'm thinking, I don't want to do anything because I, I don't want to have a marrying type. So I go, the, one of the first dates we go out, we go to Fenway Park. And so we go into, you know, watch the Red Sox game. And I don't know if I was self-sabotaging or whatever, but she drove with some friends that she was with. I'm supposed to meet her friends. She's supposed to meet my friends. Me and my buddy are driving and I'm like, hey, let's pick up a bottle. So we get a bottle of Jaeger. He's driving. I keep trying to hand him a shot. He won't drink the shot. So I kept drinking my shot and his shot. I drank a whole bottle of Jaeger. Long story short. Threw up on the people in front, in front of me, started a fight. I, I started a fight. I went to the bathroom, threw up on people in the bathroom, came back, and she's still there. And then just to make it worse on the way out, I stole a sausage from a hot dog vendor. I, went, I got a, a girl's phone number. And so you're thinking, you know, this has to be over, right? I apologize and say, I don't know what's like, 
I don't know what I was thinking. And in her head, she's going, he's just a crazy guy. This is all I expected. So she decides to still stay with me. Two days later, I go to pick her up from work and she's supposed to meet me at lunch. And she's making out with a guy in front of her office. And she did what you did. She's like, shit, I didn't realize it was already noon. She was double lunching. I'm like, are you kidding me? So we both learned that sometimes you have these defense mechanisms that you put in front where I'm saying, the last thing I want is a girl I'm really going to like. And she's saying the last thing that she that she wanted was a guy who's serious. Meanwhile, we keep hanging out. We keep hanging out. And it took like we lived together. We bought an RV. We came down here. It took, what, seven years before we got married. And we're still here happy. But it was one of these. We had these masks, masks on that we were wearing that were defense mechanisms of our, of our current moment. Mm-hmm. I was in that. I just want to go out and be crazy. And she was in that, you know, you know, kind of the same thing, really. Like neither one of us, yep. we thought they were the other. So you're, you're crazy went like this. Bam. Yeah, our crazy went. <laughs> we're in an RV together traveling across the country. But yeah. but I'm so glad that she did that because because I felt like such an asshole. I'm like, she's so nice. What am I doing? Like, I almost felt like I was even worse, not supposed to. So I'm like, okay, well, at least you at least you're as, as ridiculous as me, sort of. I know mine was worse. Was it worse? Um, you know what, honestly, Scott, I, I think you're going to be good to have around my wife because she's going to look at <laughs> the things that you did and went, <laughs> you're not that bad. bad. I don't know if I, I don't know if I've ever chucked on anybody. I know I've chucked in a lot of places, but I don't know if I've ever chucked on anybody. So it was actually, good. I actually left parts of that story out for for this. Oh, okay. It's it's, it's actually worse. Okay, you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to t- you're gonna have to tell me about that because yeah, I've got I've got some stories like that, but it doesn't involve chucking on people. Well, um, I'll just tell you the, t- the truth: the chucking part wasn't quite. It's worse. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it's it at worse. that. Margaret, <laughs> Margaret's in the house. Good evening, Margaret. She says, "Great story, Scott. Thank you for being here. Margaret is awesome. Coach Margaret, we have to call her Coach Margaret. Um, she said, "Your mother never heard this story, Scott." Sorry, Ladies and mama. gentlemen, for you guys playing at home, Susan Hamill happens to be my mama. Mama. Yeah, but, here's, but here's the good thing. All right. You're gonna hear a lot of stories you haven't heard, mom. So uh <laughs> the, the good the good news about that is that look where I'm at now. So that means at least I got better every day. Right? Every Isn't day? that what we're shooting for? Or every other day. You were every shooting for a, a dunk. Did you do your dunk? No, I told you yeah. that. You gotta do your padonka dunk. No, I'm going to do it. I have to do it this year. Um, yeah, we're gonna, you're going to do it at Venice Beach tomorrow. I have right a broken pinky toe. I doubt that. But <laughs> I'll tape it and race it, you old bitch. Yeah. Pamela says, oh, my gosh, hilarious. No wonder you two are so good together. It was just meant to be. Uh, <laughs> Chris <laughs> oh, or Kim? <laughs> what's up, Nelly? Nelly's in the house. She says, better late than never. How's it going? It's going good. We're sharing some uh, some stupid mistakes that we've made, stupid choices that we made that turned into uh, great lessons. So thank you guys all for being here. Oh, we got this other person here. What is a family affair? What's up, Jess? Good to see you. Good uh-huh. to see you. She goes, I learned what I didn't want in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, where's the mic? Where's the mic? Bam. Mic drop. Bam. Mic drop. Yes, Jess, thank you for being in the house. Sending you much love and big hugs. Um, Teresa says, uh, yes, Scott, you're great. Oh, thank you. See, we'll just we'll just leave that up. Well, there. well see, here's the here's the good thing. If you set the bar really low early on, you're it's just uphill all the way. It's like Dan said, you know, you got a name like fail, it's uphill on the way. You throw up on people and essentially get kicked out of Fenway Park. Everything I do now is bonus. So I can be, I just look that much better, you know. 
<laughs> I set the bar super low back then, but so did she. So we were just kids being stupid. Yeah. And you're still married. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the amazing. biggest part. Yeah. But look, I mean, look at it that I think that, and that's what I tell my friends. That's what I tell my friends is like, seriously, when I met Barb, I was at that time, let me see, um, 32. Cause she was 10 years younger than me. So she was 22. And at that point I had been dating all sorts of different people. I was either dating the girl that, uh, was psychotic or she had kids or wanted kids right away. And so I was just like, okay, I'm tired. I'm just like, I, I literally was stopped dating. I was like, and that was crazy for me to not do that because I was a big dater. And, and so we were at this, uh, this PCC meeting, which was called the postal customer council. And for some reason, this crazy motherfucker got elected to be the co-chair, the number one grand poobot, 32 years old with long hair and a, and a mouth. And I, they just said, we need somebody to come in here and, and make these meetings more lively, get more people in the door. You're an engaging speaker. Cause they would have me speak on stuff. And it was just like, you know, postal people are like fucking like dead. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the first class postage stamp today. And it's going up three cents. The reason, you know, and I'd come out there. I'm like, okay, yeah, the stamp's going up, but we got other things to talk about, blah, 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 blah. And so they made me the co-chair. And so I was like, my, my, my boss at work was super ecstatic about this. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this thing. I'm not mail, I'm like mailing stuff and all this other stuff. So anyways, the first meeting kicks off and I'm elected and I'm out in the crowd mingling and talking to people and uh, wearing my dockers and my button up shirt and everything. And so these, these older women who knew me for a while and they were like super cool. They look like, like they wouldn't say a swear word at all, but they were really cool people. And so they, I was, I was walking through the crowd. I'm like, Hey ladies, what's going on? And I think I may have referenced them, you know, golden girls or something like that. And, uh, and they're like, so Christopher, what are you going to do to spice up these meetings? And I said, you know, ladies, I'm thinking about naked strip musical chairs. You want to play? And Alver spins around Barb with her sunglasses on her hair, blonde hair, beautiful eyes. And she goes, I'll play. And I was like, <laughs> literally, literally, I swear to God, this is not even a joke. Joey Tribbiani, how you doing? Totally you doing? Like cheesy, just a cheesy football. I'm like, how you doing? I'm sitting here talking to you know Betty White and, and Madge over here, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? What's up? And so you just you just never know. I mean, you just never know what it is that you're gonna say, or you're gonna do that's gonna that's gonna make that connection for somebody. And now here we are. Let's see, we've been married uh this year will be 14 years, 2007, right? 2007, yeah, 14 years. I'm bad at math. And then we've been together for almost 20. We're going to go to, we're talking about going to Italy next year to celebrate our 20th anniversary together and our 15 year marriage. So you just never know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, that's what was it? I can't remember trying to say our, our crazy fits. Oh, from Deadpool. That's what yeah. it's from. When she talks about, it, she goes, sure. You're crazy meets my crazy, which I love, which I love. Well, so, so, you know, you and I are always just talking about the exact same thing. You're going to sharing about the love model and we're talking in our coaching. We're talking about listening or connecting deeply to source. I think for a moment, what happens when we have those is, is it's literally heart to heart. We're connecting through source and we're like, that's that person I was supposed to meet and you become energetically aware. So your mind is saying 50 different things. Your mouth spoke something like, how are you doing? Or, you know, you go do something stupid at Fenway Park or you're sitting here, you're, this energetic connection is occurring. You know that there's something there, but you just can't figure it out because you're, you're, you're connecting on a heart level. So it's funny when those things happen where and that's why I love, you know, doing the stuff that we do, even like with our coaching clients is we're talking about becoming more aware. I think in that awareness, we can start to identify those connections a little more easily. They're still not fully interpret interpreted up here. They're interpreted here. But when we're kids and they're happening, you're just like, 
what am I feeling? What's going on? Like, you can't even like identify it. You just, you're, you do stupid stuff. You make out with somebody else and at lunch, you get in trouble at a game because you don't know how to react to it. You're like, what is this feeling? What's going on? And I think it's that simple. It's just that connection to source and like, you're supposed to connect. It's like, here you are, figure the shit out now. And then you're like, duh. Hey. Yeah. It's you know funny. what we're gonna have to, you know what we're gonna have to do well I to, oh, this is weird hang on a second this is kind of weird i just got a message a facebook message this is and this has never happened okay so we're gonna go we're doing this live so mickey adam cohen which i don't believe has been on our show before so thank you for being here mickey um sends me simultaneously a facebook message which now siri is interrupting says i have a fabulous speak a fabulous speaking opportunity for you that's a great way to pitch somebody. I like it. Thank you. We'll talk about that, that afterwards. But uh, uh, oh, Chad says must talk. We got all sorts of. Chad says just finished Victor Frankel. Ooh, thank you, Chad. You, I hope you were referencing this. He book. was. Yeah. If you guys, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to pause from the funniness for a second. Funniness is that a word? It is now. Sure. Webster's the Scott and the Scott and Chris uh, version of Webster's. This book, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not read it, man, search for meaning. Dude, this is my original copy. It's it's that this, this book will change your life. I mean, I have I have Thinking Grow Rich behind me because I know that's a massively important book. But once you change your attitude and your perspective on things, you know your whole life changes and everything else changes. So, um, thank you so much for being here, guys. We really appreciate you guys uh, and sharing this. And this is a this is a funny show, but this is also a very sh serious show. Mickey is an amazing guy. Well, thank you, Mickey. We appreciate that. And we appreciate you, Sherry McQueen, as well. Um, just sitting here making sure I get all you guys' uh, comments. Um, I cried and cried. Dude, that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with crying. Any guy out there, it is great to cry. I don't. I mean, I will cry at the notebook, and I'll still beat the shit out of you. Well, maybe not anymore. I'm getting kind of old for that. But um, you know, in all seriousness, Scott, when I was thinking about when we were talking back and forth about, you know, titling the show and I thought about my stupid choices and the lessons that I learned, I'm going to get serious now for a second. And, uh, one of the, one of the stupidest choices that I ever made was one time I said I was okay when I was really inebriated and I drove home from a Christmas party. And I remember, you know, and, I, and, and, and to say this and not sound proud is stupid, but I used to be very good at drinking and driving. I was very good. I mean, I could drink a lot and still perform, still be fine. And this one particular situation, I once I got on the road, I was like, man, I'm pretty fucked up, but I'm already going. I should be fine. Just get home. Just stay in the slow lane. Just do all those things. Um, and then it started raining. And then I didn't realize I didn't have enough gas. So I barely made it to a gas station, got gas and was like, you know what? I should probably just sleep in my car. I'm like, nah, I just want to get home. I just want to get home. I'm fine. I'm fine. We do all this bullshit. So get back in the car. It's raining. And then there was a bunch of traffic on the freeway. So my, my GPS takes me to a different route that I'm not used, not used to. So I'm like, just stay on the freeway, Chris. You're just doing like two miles an hour. You'll just inch your way home. Everything will be fine. Well, my stupid ass goes, no, Chris, follow the fucking GPS. You'll get home faster. You'll feel better. You'll be able to rest, all this other stuff. So I follow the GPS <clears throat> and I know where the GPS is taking me, but I don't really, I'm not cognizantly aware of exactly where it's taking me. And so there's this road that goes down and I know it's right along the freeway that I would travel all the time, but there is a very sharp turn um, at the end of that road and it's a very sharp turn and then it turns right. Well, I was sitting there thinking in my head too much. And then I got to that turn and I started skidding and I was driving the 89 Ford Bronco at the time with a very short wheelbase, very big tires. I had 33 inch tires on there. Thank 
God. Um, because I was in my head and I wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing and driving and started skidding. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Started skidding. Oh, forgot it was raining. Woo. Front tires go over a little bump, little bump, you know, a little curb front tires go over the little curb. Boom. I look down. I'm like, this isn't going to be fun. Bad choice. Not going to end. Well, back tires go. And I remember that I remember this truck lifts up tires go back down. I'm like, God's watching me. Don't ever do this again. Back the truck up, get the truck out, put in four wheel drive, get the, four, get the front wheels out of there, drive home side streets, doing like 15 miles an hour. Thanking God, thanking God, thanking God, thanking God. I won't do this ever again. I won't do this ever again. Got home, got in the driveway, <clears throat> never did it again. Uber came out and started doing all that shit. But uh, yeah, in that situation, I made a really, really bad choice. I should have done something totally different than what I did. And I'm so thankful I didn't hurt anybody else or hurt myself. Um, so yeah, that was that was, that was was one time that I made a really stupid choice that resulted in me learning um, a little bit more about uh, you know when to not push yourself. Yeah, and I think I think everybody who's listening here has had one that's similar, maybe not to that effect, or maybe to you know even more of an effect. But we've gotten into a car and driven drunk. We've taken our eyes off the road because of a phone call. Something where if a kid ran in front, like anything can happen, and there's variables outside of our control. Oh, and yeah. that's, I mean, how many stories do you hear? Like, I didn't see him or whatever, or like something horrible happens when you just make like one mistake and a life can be gone because of it. And <clears throat> I can't even imagine how many people in the US or worldwide have driven drunk on multiple occasions and not taken a life. So we really got to be, be smart about that. And not even just drunk, drunk driving. I mean, you know, looking at your phone, all the things that we do that we oh, yeah. take our eyes off the road when we've got a vehicle that we're, you're managing. Um, I'm going to go back to and share, you know, a story that I think will tap into what Chad was just sharing when we're talking about Victor Frankel. And you've yeah. heard this story before, but I think it's, um, a super important one because it's the baseline of gratitude and the baseline of everything that we're always talking about. <clears throat> so, and this is the one. So I was over at a friend's house years ago and it was just me and two other buddies. And then two girls came over that we were dating um, or two of us were dating. And there was one guy who didn't have a girl, unfortunately at that time, <laughs> but we're all just kind of hanging out over his house. It was, I was going into my sophomore year of college. I was 19 years old. And I was in this phase where I don't think I was grateful for anything. It was always more, 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 more. It's like, you know, I think I'm great at sports. I'm great at this. We get the girls. We got this. We got it was all about me, 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 me. Give me more. And in a nutshell, here's what happened. There's a table. There's a couch. We're all sitting on the couch. And the girl that I was dating starts talking to the guy who didn't have a girlfriend. And she's just joking around. And she said something like, well, you know, so Scott's me and maybe we should date or something I'm like fine. So I go sit on the table in front of the couch. And the next thing I remember, there's just blood everywhere, everywhere. And so that table was half wood and half glass, but there was newspaper on all the glass. So when I sat down on it, an eight inch piece of glass stuck right under my important parts through my body. I lost more than half my blood. Um, I ended up having to pull the piece of glass out and uh, my friend helped me do it because he could see it. And long story short, I had to hold my hand underneath my parts and my femoral artery, like I'm literally bleeding out. So if my hand wasn't there, I would have bled out. It was just poor crits. I, I, if you looked underneath me, they had a white carpet, by the way, there was about a six foot ring of blood all around me. I just, I've never seen anything like it. And 
you could see me walking out because I walked out front because they said the ambulance was coming. They called the ambulance. I'm sitting out front. There was another pool that was there for years. Like the stain was there for like, it was crazy on the sidewalk. So I end up in the hospital, the whole thing, you hold nine yards. Um, There's a point where I'm literally like going in and out, you know, I'm like dying right there. I remember my stepdad walked in and um, he was there. The next thing I remember I'm out and I come back and he's in a different place and they're all over me and everything. And, you know, for two days I was in the hospital. I went in at like 210 pounds of like just ripped muscle, like the best shape of my life. Two days later, I was 163 pounds. What the fuck? When you lose all that, what happens when you, I know it's crazy. When you lose the, um, your plasma and like they have to do the reboot, you're literally just, it's the craziest thing. And I was white as a ghost. I didn't look like the same human being. So in that moment, a simple decision of just, you know, sitting down, which doesn't, you know, that's just a mistake. But that I feel like was the universe telling me, you know, you're on a, just a, a, a track of like just zero gratitude and just this place of just this horrible, horrible life. And in that moment, man, I became so grateful. I just remember every like the fact that they told me my parts were going to work. That was a big one. I'm glad that that, that worked out. I, I actually, I told the you, doctor. You told a joke, right? You what? You, you told a joke, didn't you? Did you tell a joke? Oh, yeah, dude. I was, I literally said to the dog, I said, yeah, I said to the nurse, nurse, make sure it still works. I said, I I said, if it it doesn't work, kill me. And I was, I was joking and they were laughing, but I was completely serious. I'm like, you guys could just let me go if it's not going to work. I'm like, can you do like a pre test? So, um, yeah. Pre flight. Scott, go ahead. We're going to, we're going to do a pre flight on Scott. Go ahead. Yeah, we got to do a pre flight. Make sure it's going to work. Stat, stat. (laughs) So, long story short. That was obviously, and that's the one, the biggest one for me. I've said that. People have asked me, what's the most important day of your life? Like, what's the most memorable day in your life? My wedding, you know, having a, you know, my child. I mean, those were the most beautiful days, but the most significant day was that day. Because there's nothing that will change you like seeing the other side. There's nothing that's going to make you go to that space. Nothing, nothing, you know, so... So you're so you're thankful now that you had that horrific experience experience, right? Yeah, but the thing that drives me nuts about it, and I know you're in the same boat, is you can't have the experience I have had without the experience. And I know that people like me have to fall through a glass table. You have to have something not insanely extreme. You have to literally lose it all Sometimes. to get that. And that's what sucks. Like, like I almost need, I don't I mean I've told you that story, but I don't even tell that story enough because I almost feel like when you hear a third party say that, if I heard me say that and I was sitting in the, in the audience and somebody from stage told that, my brain would be like, oh, wow, that sucks. That's crazy. And I'd be like, I want to try that. Like, that's how ridiculous I am. And so I have a, is that just me or other people like that? Does anybody learn from that? Because for me, I had to experience that. I probably heard so many crazy stories before that could have helped me avoid that. But my brain had but you to didn't do. No, there was newspapers over the table. I mean, I've done stupid stuff like no, that. True. I, I, I've true. sat through glass coffee tables, and yeah. fortunately, didn't kill me. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> well, you should see me when I see a glass coffee table now. Like you go into a hotel, you go into somebody's room. I'm always moving them out of the way. Like I like get things <laughs> out of the way. I'll turn them up, like face them against the wall. I'll, I'll, I'll like I won't buy a house because it has a glass table in it because it scares me. <laughs> Mom but. says the worst time of my life. Worst time of my life. Yeah. Uh, 
Trisha, Trisha says also here, she says, I am grateful for the many mistakes because it is maybe the person I am today. I love this person. I love you too. Trisha, Trisha, you are amazing. I've known Trisha for many, 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 many years. Um, so thankful. Serena's in the house. She says, hello, my soul brothers. Hello, Serena. Thank you for being hey, here. Serena. Uh, we love you. We love you. Love you. I want to go back to something. I think Pam and Sparrow, Pam shared up here. I apologize. Uh, um, Pam says a miracle you lived. Uh, oh, yes. Um, she says, I remember seeing Scott after the accident. He's talking about one of the scariest moments of my life. Jess, do you remember I was, I was, I was literally like super tan and then like, I had like abs and like, like, like solid definition and like all parts of my body. And I literally looked like a marshmallow. I came out skinny and puffy and white with no definition. It was the, it pulls the tan out, like that's something the melanin. I literally was ghost <laughs> white. The brown out of me. Jess, do you remember? I literally was white as a ghost. I didn't even look like the same person. Two days later, I was like, who is this? So weird. So yeah, we you don't want to lose more than half your blood. No, no, it's not a good idea, Scott. And uh, do me a favor. Please don't do that while you're out here tomorrow. Don't do that. Ladies and gentlemen, me and Scott are going to meet for the first time tomorrow. We're going to get pictures. We're going to get pictures. Scott, our chat says pre-flight. Is he talking about our group coaching program? Between love and fear, pre-flight. He's been watching. Be, yeah, He's been listening. Is he listening? Is he listening? Monica Kretschmer's in the house. She says, what's Monica. up? Oh, this is Scott just popped on. Happy Friday. I love watching all the stuff she's doing. She's been doing so much good stuff. I've been looking at all her Facebook posts. It's amazing. Beautiful dude, human being. Dude, actually, you know what? It's a good point. We need to get her on this show to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we do. I mean, I mean, talk about Unstoppable. She was on the Ron Unscripted show. She's an amazing human being and such an inspiration. You guys, females out there, go connect with her big time. 100%. Big time. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Pamela says, that's crazy. Chad says, love, Scott. Don't do that. Wait. I'm... Okay, that sounds weird. I'm coming. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, he's coming to hang out. I see. Oh, he's coming to hang out. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's okay. All right. That yeah. was weird like, for me. Okay, uh, okay well, now we're okay. Now he's, hitting on, now he's hitting on Pam, so I'm not sure. For those of you guys miss listening to the podcast, we're just going through the, the comments here on the live feed of what's going on. So uh, Robert says, really careful you don't get high on vibrations. It can happen. Yeah, we want to talk about vibrators. Um, she says, I could definitely share lessons from stupid choices. I don't know, Monica. I mean, you everything that I talked to you about, you have made some brilliant choices and I've actually pointed people to your direction for your strength. So yeah, we're going to have you definitely on this show and talk about that. So I've got a funny one. This is a funny one I was thinking about today as I was, as I, was, as I had a little, little oriental lady uh, walking all over my body today, which was kind of cool. Um, and I was like trying to think of stupid things I've done where I've learned lessons. This is going to sound crazy and it's on purpose because this is the unfiltered experience, but um, I stuck my hand in a hole that I shouldn't have. Okay. Tell us see, more, Chris. See, see, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. I saw a hole and I stuck my hand in it. I saw that movie. Better. Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that, um, wasn't that sent? No, that wasn't sent to a woman. That's a bad joke. That, that, that was a, a really, really bad. Like I, I thought it's you were going to go to something joke. about something Dallas, joke? and yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, you know, I don't. Can care. we rewind? Is no. rewinding possible? Melody Johnson. She says, "What's up, Christopher Ash? Hello, Melody. Good to see you. Good to see you." How about um, this? It's Batman, and, and Robin goes, "That wasn't the Batcave." <laughs> oh, is that don't even, 
Don't even make my don't even make me do my yogi and my yogi and boo boo impersonation because people hey, will not read children's stories the same. No, what it was is I was walking. This is when I worked in my corporate position and and I got into facilities, and you know managing the building and whatnot. And I walked by and I saw this hole in the wall underneath behind this cubicle wall, and I'm like. Well, that's weird. Normally they have a like electrical plate or something like that over it. So not even thinking about it, I stick my hand into this hole in the wall and there was a live fucking wire in there. And so the sounds <laughs> I made and the shit that I did to get my hand out of there was horrifying and hysterical at the same time. I screamed like a little girl. I touched a, a you know, 120 volt wire. There was somebody oh. did not put a wire nut on something. So I'm literally, I've got my, I don't even if I could show you guys. I had my hand like down a thing so as my arm was pinned and then i had my arm in like this i don't know i'm trying so i literally had my my arm was pinned here so i couldn't move and i stuck my hand in there i'm like what are what's in here See, that's dangerous because you have to be able to release it that's I the thing i yeah well i'm stupid so apparently um this is when i had hair it stood on end and uh i was like <gasps> I look like I look like fucking Chris off a of taxi. Uh, what was it? What was his name? Uh, yeah, Father yeah, Jim. yeah, yeah. I look like Jim off a of taxi. Oh, no, no, no. The guy off or of, Kramer, uh, the same guy, the same kind of guy. Seriously, I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, dude, you just touched the live wire. I'm like, somebody do something about that. Yeah. So I was like, uh, don't stick your hand in the holes you don't know what is inside of them. So that was a that was a stupid mistake I made. We could have just titled the show that don't don't stick your hand in holes that you don't know anything about. Yeah. See, that's that's better clickbait than that bad choices. Up, that, that that wound up in a that wound up in a clinic. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go with a funny one too. Then, if we're if we're sharing funny Lloyd, ones, yeah. Uh, Chad says Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. That's who it is. So I decide uh, to go to uh, school in Mexico and take some grad classes in Mexico in 1993. And so while I'm down there, um, when I first get there, I'm going to be living by myself. And so I decide I'm going to go do some food shopping, and. Um, do all that. So I've got my textbook Spanish down to a science. It's horrible. You know, I can barely say the words that I need to say. So I walk in and I'm like, tienes pan, tienes cerveza, tienes frijoles. And so I'm asking them, you know, do you have bread? Do you have beer? Do you have beans? And they're kind of answering the questions, pointing me in directions. Then I walk over and I can't find any eggs. So I look at the guy, I'm like, tienes huevos. So for anybody who speaks Spanish, <laughs> you understand, you're supposed to say I. Like I is H-A-Y. It's like, are there eggs here? Like I huevos aquí. And so instead of saying, are there eggs here? I said, do you have a set of balls? Is essentially what I asked this guy. So the one guy behind the one guy behind the counter, first of all, you got to have to understand something. I'm going to picture small town America where you're, it's not like a city. They don't see strange, weird people. So you have the six, four American guy coming in saying, do you have a set of balls? That doesn't go over well. So this could have really ended badly. I'm by myself just doing this. And so the other guy comes out and they're both looking at me and then I'm like, Dennis huevos. And then just not answering. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is where I, I say it louder. Dennis huevos. And so they're both. And then finally they both go, ha, ha, ha. And then they go, gringo loco. And so they start, they decide that I'm the crazy American and we became buddies and they used to drink beer with me all the time. They thought it was hilarious, but that could have gone really bad. So simple lesson here, do a little bit of research before you start randomly speaking incorrectly in foreign countries. And we can all make those mistakes, but that could have gone really, really poorly, but it didn't it turn out to be funny. So Ooh, there's my know Mexico. Your language. Know your language, yeah. Know, know your, your language. 
That is, yeah. that is super important. You know, what's funny is, is, and I knew this was going to happen. So you tell me that story. My buddies told me that, uh, that this phrase was a phrase of endearment and that you should say it to every Hispanic person that you meet. Oh God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chingada tu madre. That oh means my good morning, God. <laughs> Chingada tu madre. That means good morning, ma'am. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey Nelly. Oh, yeah. Nelly, oh, yeah. does that mean good morning, ma'am? No, <laughs> no. My friends are funny. These are the fr same friends yeah. that gave me baby powder instead of cocaine one time. That's another story. That wasn't my <laughs> choice. I thought it was real cocaine. It was not. It was baby powder. They got a good laugh out of it. My nose smelled great for a day. And it was very uh, dehydrated. It wasn't yeah. moist for, for a month. <laughs> yeah. Well, I turned it on them and gave them Vicodin to snort one time. And that was like snorting fiberglass. So I kind of got back at them. Yeah. But they had a great high. <laughs> That's another story. Um. So, yeah. Um the fuck was i just saying Chingado. oh yeah yeah so i was going down a street and the passenger of a vehicle a uh, 72 volkswagen bug it was brown and i saw he, these hispanic people standing out there and i said chingada tu madre it was this like is how you get shot yeah oh my fucking god that guy ran after that car so fast i'm like dude 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 he's like trying to get in the gear as a volkswagen piece of shit fucking 72 bug backfires all the time barely got out of the way i thought the guy was going to kill me i was like what 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 and my friend's laughing at me he goes no 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 he goes i don't he goes i don't know what that means he goes that it's not doesn't mean anything good of course these are the same guys that would tell me that if you saw a guy standing well i won't even say that well actually i'll just say it because i don't care um if you saw a guy standing next to a girl say fucker i did and i'm like yeah no that's not a good thing because then they chase you too and that's not funny either so see yeah, you got to watch your words. You got to be careful. You got to be cautious. Absolutely. So, so Nelly, Nelly's like, no. She's like, she goes, no, no, no. I know what that means now. No, I'm not stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what was it? I'm like looking at uh, Nelly says, Scott, that was hilarious. Uh, no, you don't, Chris. Yeah, I know. I've learned lots of lessons. I mean, that's the point of the show is that, you know, sometimes, and honestly, Scott, let's wind it up. Is, you know, when you think about the quote, stupid, the stupid choices that we make and everything, we don't necessarily know any better and the conditioning that happens when we are kids up until the point where we start figuring things out. And I think that most people start figuring things out and correct me if I'm wrong in their forties and fifties. I was telling somebody this yesterday that, you know, when you get to be about 40 or 50 and you start realizing things, it's not that your life is half over your life is just beginning. And that's a total perspective shift. So when I was thinking about, I mean, I saw more sitting up here on this dry erase board because I was like, I wasn't sure I had enough that I was thinking about the stupid choices, but I don't, I honestly don't think of them anymore as stupid. I think of them as opportunities for me to get me to where I was, to where I am. And that's one of the things that we wanted to share with you guys tonight is the fact that don't look at your past as anything as stupid or bad or anything other than it got you to where it is that you are today. And you should look back and be thankful for some of those experiences. Like Scott is, you know, with being grateful that that experience happened on the, the coffee table. So that's really the message we wanted to send to you guys tonight was don't look at those things, have a different perspective at it. Be happy that life is happening for you, even in the difficult times, because you're going to get through those. And once you get through those, it's going to be worth it. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. So uh, that was kind of like my thought on things tonight, Scott, what about you? So, yeah. And it's funny. It's, and I didn't talk to you about this either, but I was, <laughs> I was literally going to wrap it up the same exact way. I was going to say, and the, fin the finish to this is even that word stupid is an opportunity lesson itself. Even us sharing that word and saying the stupid choices that you made, there's actually no such thing. So even this, this show in itself is a lesson and a choice. It's perceiving something as stupid or perceiving something as a moment. We made a choice and there's an opportunity for a correction or pivot. You know, we've all made a choice that wasn't the perfect choice in that moment, but it was the choice. 
and then we respond to it. We don't react to it. So yeah, I think it's very important to realize if you say something is stupid, the universe, your brain, it doesn't understand. It, it thinks you're stupid and it thinks, oh, my choices are stupid and it will keep making choices that are less than perfect because it thinks you're not good enough. It goes back to those I am statements and I'm enough. So I would even just say that the reason we label this show stupid is to get people to come on here to say there's no such thing as stupid. And there's your lesson even within the title itself. So I fully agree. Boom. Whoop. Boom, there boom, boom, it is. Say whoop. There it is. Pamela says, uh, so true. Life gets better with the wisdom gained from massive mistakes. Yes. 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 Massive mistakes is a good word. They mm. can be large. They can be big or small, but they're not stupid. They're just grandiose or less grandiose. So let me think about my other mistakes. Um, let's see. Uh, eh, almost had a car fall on me because I didn't chalk the tires. Didn't think I needed to on a hill. That was fun. Um, opened a hot radiator in the middle of summer thinking that I was better to relieve the pressure than to leave it in there. And I got sprayed with a radiator bath. That was fun. Third degree burns all over my upper torso. Um, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one that I learned. And then we'll, we can wrap up the show. Um, I learned that pay the people who know how to do the things. Oh, yes. Pay them. Pay them. It was funny because I wrote this down. We were sitting, we're, we're going to get our house painted, which is really super exciting, but actually it is exciting when you start thinking about it. So we're going to get our house painted. And um, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, my other house that I have as a rental, I thought, okay, I'm going to paint the trim. The trim was black when I bought the house. And I'm like, I don't like black trim. I wanted to paint it white. I'm like, it's a one story house. I don't like heights, but I can do that. And I could paint my patio too. My patio is like these slat wood kind of things. And I'm like, okay, the patio is black. The trim is black. I'm going to paint it white. It's going to look nice. It's a beige house. It's going to look, it's going to pop. Yeah. I thought I was going to get it done in a week. No. The, the, the interesting part was, is that I thought, okay, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to conquer my fear of heights. So I have this tall ladder and I'm like, okay, I can do a one story, right? So I get up there and again, perspectives being what they are and perceptions being what they are. I'm like, there's no problem. I get halfway up the ladder and the ladder starts vibrating. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, you coach people through fear. So this is just a, this is just a manifestation of your, of your mind. Everything is good. Go up there and do this. So I did that and I got through one side of the house. I pushed myself mentally, physically, spiritually, everything I had to do because I was like, fear is not, there's nothing wrong. I'm not going to fall down. If I fall down, it's only six feet. I'll break an arm. No big deal, whatever. So I got through that, but then I got on the other side of the house and then my mind started messing with me and I could not finish the other side of the house. So for about two and a half years, I had one side of my house painted, the front side was painted, the back side was painted, but the other side was not painted. And people would come over to my house like, wait, Chris, are you having somebody paint your house? I'm like, no, no, because I just, I just don't want to do that anymore. So my house went half painted. And then when I went to go rent it, I paid the painters to go paint it. And it only cost me like 200 bucks for them to finish the paint. And if I would have just spent the 200 bucks, I would have been better and not have worried about it, but I was being too cheap and, and trying to figure something out for myself. So that was the lesson I learned in that big time is while it's attractive to think that we could do it ourselves, sometimes it's just better, especially this day and age, to think about what it is that we can earn as far as revenue with that time versus how much we're gonna expend in trying to do it ourselves. So now I just pay people. I'm like, I just, I'd rather, I know it's gonna cost a lot, even our mini blinds, we're having mini blinds replaced. I'm like, I could go to Home Depot, but the fact that it's just for a little bit extra money, they're gonna do everything and it's gonna get done and I don't have to sit there and drag it out for six months is worth the investment opportunity costs simple lessons in business dude and teach us all the time so yeah <laughs> it is it is it is yeah. 
<clears throat> Chad says, uh, change the frequency, baby. Yes, we got we to gotta catch up, Chad. I saw your note that said uh, me, you, and Pamela and uh, Scott need to uh, have a conversation. So we'll definitely do that. Pamela says, so it's true. Life gets better. We already, already went through that one. Already went through that one. And then we're crying. There we are. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are our, our unfiltered crew. We love you guys. We're going to be here every single week. We would love your input, your feedback. Go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com. It leads directly to our Facebook page. We would love your feedback in a message, a private message, a post, what it is that you want to see more of from the show. Scott and I are here to bring you the massive energy, bring you the learning opportunities, bring you the fun, uh, bring you some more new things we're going to be bringing to the show, which is going to be fun. Uh, but we want to hear your your input, your feedback of topics and guests and things of nature that you want to spend your Friday night with us. We so, so valuably appreciate you guys spending your time with us. We know that there's a lot of other things you could be focusing on, but we love you guys and we appreciate holding a safe space that we can get together every Friday night, share what's going on, share our vulnerabilities, share our strengths, share our lessons, and be able to walk away and have a bitch and ass weekend and, uh, and, and enjoy the moment. So we just appreciate you guys. Mr. Scott, final thoughts. Next week, um, we're gonna have a very special show. Um, I don't wanna go into too much of the details, but um, I lost my father-in-law. Uh, he was a patriarch to our family, an amazing human being, um, just just an amazing human being. And he died pretty suddenly and it was um, really hard on us. Um, it still is, you know, we're still in a space, state of shock. Um, I'm actually going to see Chris tomorrow. I wasn't gonna go, but my wife's uh, her best friend came into town. So it allowed us both to kind of maybe just decompress and just kind of process what's happening. So while they're together, Chris and I will be together. My brother's coming down. But next week, we're going to have a beautiful tribute for Max. And we have a celebration of his life coming up in a few months. We're going to have a thing every single year from now on called Max Fest. And Max Fest, I love it. Now, Max was a Woodstock guy. Um, he's just a, he was a party guy, always had a smile, always saying nice things about people. He was living everything that we were always talking about. So we're going to have a show that's going to be just devoted to stories about Max. And every one of these stories will be stories that are brought from friends. We're going to bring some family members on, invite a lot. There's going to be a lot more, more people to our unfiltered crew family. It's going to be an amazing show. And I can tell you this, half of what I've learned from being part of his life, you're going to get to learn a lot of those stories and lessons. It will be funny. It will be sad. It will be educational, please join us. You guys are going to have an experience and an opportunity that uh, you don't want to miss. So beautiful brother, beautiful. And, and, and thank you to you and the family for sharing that and sharing his brilliance with us. I'm sorry. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but uh, I look forward to getting to know him and through that, our experience next week. So we love you guys go out there and final thought is just go out there and make moments, right? Ladies and oh. gentlemen, boys and girls, this is all there is this i'm looking right at you this is all there is there's nothing here and there's nothing here this is right so take this moment and this opportunity to go love on people in your life pick up the phone and tell somebody that you care about them you know people need to need, need to hear this and uh you know a lot of people are struggling right now and we just send you guys love and light we love you guys appreciate you being here and we will see you guys next week for a very very special two-hour show uh honoring the life honoring the life of max friedman so we love you guys stay cool stay kick ass and as always we love you guys, our unfiltered crew. Peace out. Love.